Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. And welcome to Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. I am your host, Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and this evening we'll be speaking with John Tibbalt, who is a lobbying expert, political lobbying expert. He's written a couple of books that we want to talk to him about and uh, find out a little bit about what being a political lobbyist is really all about. We'll be back with you in just a moment on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. John Tibbett is the founder and CEO of iLobby and the author of the number one international bestseller, How to Change a Law. His company and his new book are focused on empowering voters so that they can change laws, basically improve their community influence, their country, and impact the world. Tonight, Real Life, Real Faith would like to welcome John Tibbalt. And if I am pronouncing that name wrong, please forgive me, but welcome to Real Life, Real Faith. Hey, Cheryl. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You know, first thing I wanted to ask you, uh, so that our listeners can be clear, what, what exactly is a political lobbyist? Well, to be clear, um, I am not a lobbyist, but lobbying mm-hmm. The way it's clearly defined is when individuals want to influence legislators and they register as lobbyists and they have access to um, dealing with politicians, basically, and helping to shape legislation. So then are you saying that pretty much anybody can basically become a political lobbyist if they have a certain um, thing that they want to bring before the politicians as long as they register, they can do that? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of very complex rules, um, and they're different from state to state and at the federal level. If you want to talk to your representative, you do not need to be a lobbyist. You're, you're an average citizen, you're a regular constituent, and there's no problem doing that. So, um, again, I don't want to get into the, the nuances and legalities of what it takes to be a lobbyist, 
but the person has to be making a certain amount of money and spending a certain amount of time uh, focused on specific um, legislative-related activities. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that answer. Now, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, can you kind of compare the old way of doing things versus the new way of influencing lawmakers? And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of it has to do with um, the, the, the Internet and the way that we have much more connectivity than we used to. Yeah, I think technology over the last 15 years has changed the game. But I think that um, we haven't really jumped into using it as effectively as we can. So, for instance, if you had a problem, and I'll use the federal level as an example. If you had a problem and you wanted to change a law, often what you hear is write a letter to your congressman. Well, you could do that now, and you could have done that 200 years ago as well. Um, Or, you know, have a meeting with them and sit down and tell them what you think. But the problem is you're one individual, and you're usually in a district of 700,000 people, so you're, you know, it takes a while for your voice to get through. And in the new way, obviously, with the Internet, you have the ability to aggregate more people who believe in what you believe. Okay, great. So, then, so I noticed that you said that there were three things that we actually need in order to influence our lawmakers. What are those three things? Yeah, in terms of informing them, I'd say that the three things that you see, and they're not always done effectively, but it's basically you need a message, you need a mass of people, and you need money. So to simplify that, you have to have a very clear and specific message about what you want to get done. You have to be able to have a number, not just one or two or three people, but maybe dozens or hundreds or even thousands sometimes of people who agree with you on that specific legislation or change that you want to get done and they support you and they have to be aligned and they have to be voters and they have to be in the right districts i mean all of that and in order to continue the fight or to mount a campaign you actually have to have some level of resources whether it's time or money or the ability to take time off work or go to washington whatever you want to do what i'm saying with the internet is that you can actually do most of these things in a more efficient way than we could have done in the past. Okay. All right. So can you probably explain for our listeners what, in your mind, the difference would be between politics and policy? Yeah. When people think of, you know, politics, they generally just think of the candidates or the folks who are currently in office. And most often we think of the president and then we just focus on that. But in reality, the whole act of, you know, political maneuvering has to do with electioneering, getting people into office, voting for them, campaign finance, all of those things. But once they're in office, it really comes down to policy. And policy is all about ideas and issues and solving problems in your community. Okay, so what what would you think is the uh, most practical way? to change laws, and as I'm asking you that, I'm thinking about years ago, and I don't know if you remember this, but there used to be a um, scholastic, or no, a schoolhouse rock um, uh, little cartoon that would say, I'm just a bill, I'm only a bill, sitting here on Capitol Hill, and it went through that whole thing about going through committee and having to go back if it's not, you know, approved and things like that. So what is, is, is what you're talking about now a practical way to change laws? Yeah, I think it is. You're right about Schoolhouse Rock, and that's a great video. Millions of people have seen it. What's interesting is 
it usually picks up, and this is what most people think, it picks up from the point of view where you have a sponsored bill by a member in the House or Senate, and then they take it through all the various offices and rules committees and things that need to happen. What I'm talking about is what has to happen even before you get to that point. In other words, the congressman or any elected representative, some of them come up with ideas on their own, but often they come up with ideas based on what their constituents are talking about. And the problem is how do people go from saying, I have an issue I want to move forward or I have an idea, and how do I get it even to that point? So that's really what I'm talking about. And I think that's part of the missing equation. Okay. So why is is doing it this way so important? Well, in one sense, it actually, when I talk about, you know, getting clear on your message, mass, and money, I'm really saying that you have to be very clear and specific about what you want to get done. Um, uh, If I can take a moment, I'll just give a short example of uh, a senator here in California who over the last 10 years had something called There Ought to Be a Law. And what he did was he reached out to the community and he said, hey, listen, if you have an idea for something you think that we need to do in Sacramento and we're not doing it, please let us know. And what he did was he had a five-question form that you filled in, and you basically said, here's what I think we should do, here's who would oppose it, here's who would support it, here's the impact on it, here's how, what, what the reason it would be good for the community. And he continued with that effort. And so he would look at the ideas that people submitted and then at the end of the session say, you know what, here's four or five that are really good ideas. And then he would have those people come to Sacramento, they would get a flag, they would get some press, they would get PR, and he would sponsor the bill in the Senate and then try to get it through the Assembly as well. And in the course of 10 years, he has said, his name is Senator Joe Simidian, he has said that he came up with, or you know, the people came up with ideas for laws that the government and the elected representatives never even would have thought of before. And so he was very well respected for this. The idea, though, is that that only works in his district while he was doing it. A few other people have picked up on it, but very, very few around the country. And so I lobby as an attempt to fill that gap and say, you know what, people have ideas and they should be able to get the word out and try to figure out how to solve some of these things ahead of time. Wow, that is that is a great idea. If we put it basically putting it back into the hands of the people, which is where it should be in the first place. Yeah, I mean we've delegated that now. I mean you see it with the health care bill, where I find it interesting that both the uh, Republicans and Democrats are struggling over what they agree on and what they don't agree on, but they're almost looking at it at a contract level, meaning they're looking at the specific language and saying, well you know, change this line or change that line or whatever. And when you're dealing with an 800 or 1,000-page bill, that's really difficult. Think of it like a term paper Mm -hmm. where if you just have the general terms outlined and you say, hey, look, everybody should have health insurance. Do we agree? Yes. Cost should be lower. Do we agree? Yes. You know, get the basic terms down before you start drafting the language. Wow. (laughs) Boy, what a novel idea. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Listen, I want you to tell me this. Yeah. (laughs) Tell the listeners a little bit about your book, How to Change a Law, The Intelligent Consumer's Seven-Step Guide. Yeah, so the book actually came out of uh, some of my past experience and having conversations like this with regular people and actually with lobbyists, politicians, business people, 
And what I found was I was repeating myself over and over again, and I said, you know what, I should just put it into the form of a book. So the book is really a how-to, very simple manual, uh, describing uh, how I lobby and I view the process of getting the word out, changing a law, building a coalition, and then finally moving something forward. And so it's really, you know, there's a little bit of theory, but then it's meant to be a very simple, practical one, two, three, four kind of step way to move forward. You know what? It sounds like it is a great book. I would encourage all of the listeners out there to get a copy of it. Tell them how they can do that and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so there's two ways. The the name of the book is called How to Change a Law. It is available on Amazon uh, in Kindle format, regular paperback, or also um, Audible. Um, and uh, for those who want to just don't mind the sort of, quote, free PDF copy, you can get a free copy of the book at how, excuse me, changealaw.com slash book. And you can just sign up and get a free PDF and download that through your computer within minutes. Um, the website is ilobby.co. That's www.ilobby.co. And um, in both of those areas, when you sign up, um, again, if you just sign up and put your email in, then you end up on a list, and you know we will periodically mail you updates about other things that we're doing. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. And listeners, again, I want to encourage you to go out there and, and find out more about what John is doing and begin to be the change that you want to see. I think that that's what uh, John is trying to tell us all to do, be the change that we want to see. John, thank you so much for joining me here tonight on Real Life, Real Faith. Thanks, Cheryl. It was great. Absolutely. Everybody, I just want to remind you that you can connect with us um, at uh, Facebook, Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl A.T. Donovan, on Twitter at Real Faith Mag, and on Instagram at Real Life, Real Faith. And as always, we want to remind you that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed.